What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Joseph Orr Podcast and the JV Podcast Network. Just a quick reminder, whether you are listening on Apple, Spotify, or YouTube, please rate, review, subscribe, and turn on those notifications so you never miss an episode. Episodes coming your way every single Monday. Except no, they're not anymore. That's right. We are changing things up. I am introducing a brand new show that will be released on Fridays. Monday is going to stay the exact same. Don't worry. It's not going anywhere, but... The new Friday show, if you guys remember from my NBA preview, episode 10 with Uncle Micah, my gambling expert and correspondent, he's the other guy on my payroll, he is joining me, we are going to give you five NBA picks, we are going to give you five college football picks, and five NFL picks as well as Uncle Micah's sure thing. It's a three-team parlay, so you guys can win some money. So tune in. They're going to be quick, 20 to 30 minutes, tops, episodes, all the gambling talk that you need. Guys, I have to be honest with you. I'm dealing with some pain right now, both spiritually in my heart, because the Browns are 2-5, and five, but also physically. All, all of two minutes into the intramural basketball game I played in this morning, I sprained my ankle very bad, had to run over to urgent care. Luckily, nothing is broken, so I'm good. But I am here. I'm not taking an episode off. And because of that, word has gotten out. People are starting to say, I am the Iron Man of podcasting. I am the, there are rumblings that I am the Cal Ripken Jr. of podcasting, if you will. So I refuse to take an episode off. I easily could have called in sick. I'm hurt or injured. I know you guys would have understood, but you guys would have been disappointed. And I can't have that. So that's why I'm here podcasting through this injury uh, right now. So on today's show, we have 16 Sundays in Hell, Browns, Patriots, and then an awesome, fun, interesting interview with Joey Kinsley. That name means nothing to you because you know him as Sir Yacht. He is a Cleveland sports Twitter icon. We talked about his Cleveland sports rants. We talked about his infamous piano. We talked about acting, modeling, PDA at Cedar Point, and we even talked about Liam Neeson. Why were we talking about Liam Neeson? No, we weren't recapping, taking one, two, three, four, are there four? I think there's 10 of them. Anyways, Liam Neeson was in Cleveland filming his new movie, The Minuteman. And your guy, that's right, Sir Yacht was his stand-in. He takes us behind the scenes of the movie. He gives us some fun insights on what kind of guy Liam Neeson is on set. It's all great stuff. You guys are really going to enjoy that interview. And then I will wrap things up with my complaint of the week. So all that coming up right now, but first... Enjoy this nice, smooth jazz. Okay, so 16 Sundays in hell, Sunday number 7 of 16. The Browns lose their third in a row to New England, 27 to 13. Let's talk my picks real quick. Missed on Tennessee, hit on the Jets, hit on the Rams, missed on the Ravens and 49ers, hit on Seattle and hit on New England. While the Browns are two and five, your boy, that's right, Joseph, I am four and three. So let's do a recap real quick. Quarter number one was an absolute nightmare. It was a horror show. The Browns at one point, they ran three consecutive plays. All three of them were turnovers. One of them was even brought back for a touchdown. Is that that's gotta be some sort of record? It's sort of like when Happy Gilmore was talking to Virginia Bennett. And she comes up to him and she's like, wow, so hole in one on a par four, it's got to be some kind of record. He's like, yeah, I actually have a hockey record. You know, I was the uh, only guy that ever tried to take my skate off and stab somebody. I'm the only guy who ever tried to do that. And she's like, okay, 
Okay. Yeah, it's going to be like, you know, Baker Mayfield's going to be in a flannel with his sleeves cut off wearing Daisy Dukes during the XFL offseason in a few years and be like, yeah, back just talking to people who come in, customers, like, yeah, back when I played in the league, once ran three straight plays, all three of them turnovers. People are going to be like, whatever, dude. So quarter number two, Browns have a nice touchdown drive. No turnovers. Those flags, those yellow things that have been the death of the Browns all season stayed off of the field. They controlled the offensive line, and they had a balance of run and pass. It was beautiful. It ends in a touchdown. And then Cleveland had some even more momentum towards the end of the first half when the Patriots, they lined up for a 29-yard field goal. Denzel Ward blocked the kick of Nugent, a little Buckeye on Buckeye crime there. And then all of a sudden... It's 17-7 to at the half. Browns have a little bit of momentum, and they get the ball to start the second half. And when I'm at halftime, I'm thinking this, when I'm looking back, I'm like, this is a miracle. We are in New England, in Foxborough, and we're only down by 10. You know, the Browns, they, they, they did pretty well. They controlled the line on both sides of the ball relatively well. They ran the ball well. They were able to pass um, here and there, but at the end of the day, when they have all those penalties against a team like this and they turn the ball over, they turn it over three times. Um, one of them, like I already said, went back for a touchdown. The other one set up New England deep in Cleveland territory. You're just you're just not going to win games like that. So when things kicked off in the second half, the Browns had a very solid opening drive. I mean, at times it was borderline orgasmic. I mean, I'm sorry. I know that is an extremely graphic way to des describe sports, but I'm sorry. I was excited. Like it was a healthy dose of Nick Chubb and Baker Mayfield. But at the end of the day, all they got was three points out of it. It's 17 to 10 at that point, And New England answers. They don't answer with just a field goal. They don't, they answer with a touchdown. If the Browns want to take a step in the right direction and go from a team that has above average talent, some would even say close to elite talent in certain groups that plays below average, they have to clean up the penalties. They have to be more disciplined. They have to protect the football. The whole game was pretty much just like that SpongeBob clip of where Patrick is just beating himself up and SpongeBob is just sitting there watching. The Browns obviously being Patrick and the Patriots being SpongeBob. I mean, the, all the Patriots did all day was do their jobs, do what they were supposed to do, protect the football, make plays, and let the Browns do what the Browns do. And that shoot themselves in the foot and beat themselves up with turnovers, penalties, and just being undisciplined. So, the, like I mentioned, the Browns, they lose 27-10. to 10. They're now 2-5. and five. And it's interesting now because this is the point in the season when everyone was looking, including me, at the beginning of the year. You're like, oh, they just need to be treading water. They just need to be three and four at the halfway point, right? Or three and four through seven games. Just be treading water so when, so when the schedule eases up here in the second half, they can make a run because it really does ease up. And on paper, it is pretty easy. Some teams are a little bit tougher than what we thought some were going to be, but Pittsburgh isn't as strong as we thought. Cincinnati is, I think, even worse than we thought. Um, and after this week, the Browns, they get Kareem Hunt back, which is exciting and it sounds sexy, but I, I really don't think it's going to make too tremendous of an impact because, first off, it doesn't look like the offense, whether it's the coaching, the players, a mix, I don't know. With what we have right now, we're not even scratching the surface of what the potential is. So when you add a guy like that, it's just another guy you need to get the ball. But really what it comes down to is Nick Chubb is very good. Now, I know he fumbled a couple times today, but he is a very, very good player. Arguably, 
him getting going in the running game makes him our most important player because it makes everything else easier. So it's like it's not as impactful as if we were getting, you know, prime Joe Thomas back because the offensive line is a big, bigger question mark, way bigger of a question mark than the running game. In fact, the running game isn't even a question mark and who we have at tailback is not a question mark. So the Browns play at Denver next week on Sunday and I really don't care how next week goes. I just don't want this to happen again. Let me read you guys a tweet from Daryl Reuter, and you probably heard this reported if you were watching the broadcast as well. So remember in the fourth quarter, so the false start on 4th and 11 with the Browns having the punt unit out there. Freddie pulls them out, but then puts the, or Freddie pulls them, puts the offense out on 4th and 16. Baker got sacked. So remember Tracy Wolfson said this, who's the sideline reporter for CBS. Nathan Zagura also reported this, who's the Browns sideline guy. So the Browns on that play deliberately, deliberately false started. So the offense could return out there to the field so Kitchen didn't have, Kitchens didn't have to burn his final timeout. Clown show. Yes. Yes, Daryl. We are with you 100%. This is a clown show. It reminds me of when Jason Kidd was the Nets head coach and he didn't have any timeouts left, so he had someone fill up a cup of water and one of his players run into him and spill it on the floor so he could get sort of an artificial timeout. It kind of reminds me of that, except what Jason Kidd did was actually kind of smart. So that's the Browns, 2-5, and five, Denver, next week. Let's talk to Sir Yacht. Okay, so on the bat phone right now, calling in on the JV Podcast hotline, we have Joey Kinsley... But you know him by his stage name, Sir Yacht, on Twitter, Cleveland Sports Twitter legend. Joey, welcome to the show. You got to be the. It's between you and McNeil. You guys, you you guys are fighting for the top spot, right? Well, I, geez, that's some high company. I'm glad you got the uh, twenty five dollars I sent to you via Venmo to give me that nice introduction. But um, yeah, no, thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm, it's all kind of been just a blur. I'm very excited to be on here. Awesome. Well, I want to start here, kind of interesting, going back to your uh, college days. You played, you spent some time at Ohio Wesleyan playing some basketball, right? I did. I was the uh, the guy off the bench that averaged like four or five points a game, did my role, did my job. Not going to come out here and say I'm Skip Bayless and say <laughs> I was some superstar and average 1.4 points per game. But no, it was a lot of fun. Um, I have since retired. I have one more year of eligibility. I thought about oh. going back and getting my business degree and doing that. But uh, as of now, I'm retired. But that was a good time there. Now, did you ever play with Robbie Reinhardt? I did. He was actually, um, he's actually my big in my fraternity. So I'm oh. actually really good friends with him. We, uh, we just saw each other about a month ago for a, uh, a wedding but yeah he's a he's a real good dude and uh, one of my better friends at Ohio Wesleyan that's really funny so Robbie graduated from the same high school that I did I think when he graduated I was in seventh grade but of course you know watching going to the high school basketball games and like the youth uh, basketball camps and stuff you know I always you know knew him and then I was um, I think his brother I was in school one year with his uh, little brother Daniel so we played we were uh, we played basketball his senior year together, so th- that's pretty uh, small world, I guess. I, that is the uh, textbook definition of small world, right there. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, so I, I have a here, here we go. I have a funny D three basketball story for you. I want you to confirm or deny if uh, if this is some of the stuff that goes on. So okay, a kid 
that I go to school with out here at Arizona State. You might actually follow his Instagram page. He runs official Cleveland sports on Instagram. Okay. Um, has like 150K, huge following. But anyways, he used to play. He used to go to school at Wittenberg. And not too long ago on his Snapchat story, posted a video of him and his buddy. I, I assume they're like the 11th and 12th guy on the bench. But they were in the bathroom before game, full uniform, shotgunning a beer in a bathroom stall. Is that what goes on when you know you're not getting oh in the game? Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, yes, that definitely goes on at the Division three level. I can't speak on the higher levels of play, but uh, shout out to your friend that did that. That is an absolute power move. But, I mean, he can maybe testify for it. Usually when you do that, you, you end up going in the game and you're like, yes. oh, shit, what do I do now? I've, after shit. It's just like marking yourself. You're like, you're for sure going in now. Yeah. Like, just because you did that. If you didn't shotgun those beers... You wouldn't go in, but now that you did, you're going in. Yeah, that, that that's the way it works out. So let's talk yeah. about your most recent stuff on Twitter. You have brought a point to light. It's truly an epidemic. It is really a global threat to society. PDA at Cedar Point, please reiterate. Yes, yes please go off on this. I have so many thoughts on this, and I, so many oh. people can relate. Finally, someone with a platform has spoken up. <laughs> so... You know, I've always disregarded that, uh, but it's but the rise and the experience just kind of overshadowed it. Cedar Point, cause right? Yeah, I mean, you know, the rides are so good, but they did this thing um, starting this month called the Golden Pass, and what that is, you pay ninety nine dollars and you get everything included. It's like a season pass for the rest of this year, okay, and next year. So. What Cedar Point may or may not have realized is maybe they did realize that they just want to make a quick buck is that it's at capacity and more so that, oh, you know, geez. people that have reserved these trips and stuff that are good, hardworking people, uh, they got turned down at the door because they weren't allowed in because the park is at capacity. So, wow. and what this does is it's kind of a numbers game. So the more people that are there, the more chances you are going to see PDAs and especially if you have cheaper deals you're going to have cheaper people right you know I'm a cheap person myself but uh, I think it's uh, you know financially there's a barrier between when you lower prices and things like that and oh god just uh, my girlfriend and I went uh, on Sunday yeah. and, you know we were going to have a good time and stuff we ended up going on one ride we ended up leaving the Millennium Force ride because um, it partially I'd say about 30% because the ride broke down oh, no. 70% because uh, the couple in front of us was literally just Going doing each it. other, like oh just, just, and they were just doing each other. I don't know how else I can say it. And, uh, it was very uncomfortable and we're like, you know what? We really don't want to wait. It's not, that no. ride is not worth bearing what we are doing right now. Um, so then we went on one ride and two on and houses and I was like, all right, I'm going to go vent my frustration out <laughs> on social media. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's God, it's, it's kind of just, I feel like, with this golden pass thing, it's kind of gone downhill. I knew Cedar Point was also always in it kind of for a buck, but right. man, it's just, it, it, I don't know if I can do it anymore. I know what has happened to America's rock and roller coast. It's, it's sad. It's a sad day in Sandusky, Ohio. It's, it's still America's rock and roller coast. For, Baby. For I love reason. it. Yeah. Not, still, still for a different reason though. <laughs> so, People are rocking. That's for sure. But yeah, that's right. So here, here's my big idea. I think how we can, how we can stop this. So right, I think what they need to do is replace the bins that where you put all your valuables before you get on the ride and replace them with hoses 
So that way when people are going PDA or doing whatever, you can hose them down. And what that does is, so people are like, well, where do I put my stuff? The lockers still exist. You can use a locker. There's no stolen items. The unloading okay. and loading off the ride is more efficient. No stolen items, like I said. People aren't on their phones as much talking to actual people. And you stop the PDA. I think it's a foolproof idea. I I am full on board with this. I think we should present this to the governor. I yes. think we should get this started right now. I mean that that is just genius. Is is foolproof. Yeah. Genius. Yeah, we'll get we'll throw we'll get McNeil in on it and we'll do a parade and everything. I I'm good with that. Yeah, McNeil will get definitely get something get the ball started. Uh, get the ball rolling. That's a good idea. That's right. He he's got the check, so he has all the power. He does. He he decides who lives and who dies. So <laughs> that's exactly that's right. Okay, um, and then your most recent music video you just put out. No one feels bad for you. Enjoyed it. Very well done. But here's my big question: the piano. The piano's been everywhere. How'd you get it on the beach? Oh God. Um, Are so you still we, trying to so pull that thing off the beach? No, thank God. But that was it. Was miserable putting it on there. So. We, uh, my videographers and I, we decided to make a music video and I thought, Hey, it wouldn't be a great idea to put a piano on a beach. And, uh, yeah, that was a good idea in theory, but man, the hauling and the carrying was a horrible idea. So we got this thing off Craigslist and, uh, you know, it's pretty heavy and we, we pull up at this random house and these, these people are very nice and they help us, you know, put it in the, in the truck that we are carrying it at. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm like, Oh, this will be easy. There's like six of us and, you know, we're good. Um, once we get the piano out on the beach, this is about a week later, we started filming this video. I'm like, oh no, we have like three people, which, you know, you do the math real quick. That's uh 50% less the people, 50% yep. less people carrying it hundred percent more heavier or whatever. And I'm like, oh, this is not good. But we also, uh, drove all the way out here to, uh, put a music video and a piano on a beach. So we, I don't know, the, the thing is all scraped and stuff. We basically just threw it around and yeah. like probably avoided death, <laughs> avoided getting hit by a piano. But we ended up putting it on the beach somehow, some way, just dragged it out there. It wasn't too long of a haul. Um, and then the worst part, though, is dragging it out of the sand and yeah. getting it back on the truck. That was the worst part. We were just debating letting it just uh, – go out in Lake Erie and yeah. you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll get a misdemeanor or a felony for uh, littering a piano. I don't even know what the offense <laughs> is, but somehow, some way we got it back on the truck and I'm like, all right, we're never going to do that again. One, the real, the original plan was we were going to play it on a, in a field, like a find a person we knew that had mm -hmm. acres okay. and we we're going to play it and then we we're going to light it on fire Oh, and then just like burn yeah. it. And I would be like in front of the piano or on the piano while it's on fire. That'd be but sick. the people that had the piano, they were like, we're so glad it's getting the good use. Our grandma just died. Oh, she was no. 96 and she wanted this to go to somebody to use as a piano. And I'm like, oh my God, I'd be the worst person in the world if I burned this piano. And it was like 70 years old or something like that. Like it's in great shape. Um, but I was like, man, I cannot burn this piano, no. but I'm going to still drag it on a beach, but not burn it. So that was the story behind that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because in that situation, you're like, well, the few hundred bucks I was going to give you for this piano, I can't now because I morally can't set it on fire. And now, you know, my plan was to set it on fire. It's just a lose lose <laughs> situation. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were lucky too. We, since we dragged it out, you know, we got it for free. Um, okay, but it was a really nice. nice piano. I mean, they could have sold it for a, a good chunk of change. But yeah, my good conscience, I could not have set it on fire. I still want to, but right. 
I, I don't think we will. Okay. It, was this the same uh, piano that was going through the drive-through for one of your other videos? Yes. Love yeah. That. So okay. So so the night that we got it, that's uh, yeah. Thanks for paying attention. The night. Oh yeah. That we we got it. Um, you know, we're driving back. Uh, for, if you know geography in Cleveland, you know we're driving. We got in North Olmstead and we're driving okay. through. I'm, I live back in Rocky River. Uh, right now, so we uh, driving back. We passed by a Taco Bell in Westlake, and I'm like. You know the the weird person I am. Like, wouldn't it be funny if we just like played that like in front of the Taco Bell, yes. like at the drive through, just like ordered. So it kind of was just like a last second kind of thing, and it ended up uh, doing pretty well on the social medias. And when I was in the middle of the line, I was like, hey, I remember. I don't know if you've seen that song "A Thousand Miles" by Vanessa Car- Carlton, where she plays the piano. Yeah, yeah. So we, uh, I just started decided to do that because I knew the notes randomly and. It kind of just all fell together, and the Taco Bell employees, you know, a lot of people were like, hey, um, that was kind of weird, just, like, filming, you know, the employees and stuff. You know, that was really rude. They didn't get there, whatever. And I was like, actually, they all really enjoyed it. You know, I, they they all seemed to like it on the video. The one of the guys at the door was filming it, and he was just laughing his head off. So it was – you know, it was just a kind of a good experience. It's just fun to put that out there, and it's literally just happened out of nowhere. So, yeah, that was the same night as we got the piano. That was just out of the blue. That's great. Well, I, I think I'm gonna set up. I'm gonna try to use uh, my in, my inside connections here and set up a prop bet for the piano to show up at the Muni lot at the next Browns game, so we can do a little yes. insider trading. Obviously, you're, you'll take the piano and I'll bet the house and I'll give you a percentage. We'll bleep this out, right, so it'll right. be good. We can do that. We just can't air this podcast. But, yeah, we'll, we'll cut this um, little spot out. That's fine. We can do that, but let's. Uh, I, I've had a couple people ask about that. They said, when are you going to bring the piano to the Muni lot? I said, yes. Oh, God. It's just, we hauled it enough not going on highways or anything yeah i just there's no feasible way of taking it downtown without it getting no i don't know i just feel like it's asking for trouble however that will not stop me from doing it so i probably will do it eventually i think this once again it circles back to mcneil he calls cleveland pd you get a police escort uh yeah i mean again he decides who lives and who dies yes if he what he wants he gets and if he really wants this then he just is going to get it and there's nothing anybody can say 100%. Okay, let's talk about you being on this movie set you just got off. You were Liam Neeson stand-in. He's filming his uh, new movie The Minuteman in Cleveland. So, yep. real quick, can you explain for the people um well tell them what the movie's about and then explain what a stand-in is. Okay, sure. So, I'll say the stand-in part first because I never can remember. My girlfriend's really good at explaining it. And, <laughs> you know, she's not even doing it. I'm really bad at it. So while it's still fresh on my mind, a stand-in basically is a person that, you know, goes into the camera shot. They set the camera up around him. They set the lighting up. Yep. Um, someone that has to be similar build, height, frame to the actor, similar to look. Um, that way, um, you know, the lighting and the, the camera shot are all set up. All the actor has to do is come in and act. Right. Um, so that's what I would do. So everywhere in the movie that Liam was, well, up in Cleveland, they filmed in New Mexico for two weeks. Okay. And they filmed up here for four weeks. So all four weeks I was on uh, set. So everywhere that he was, I was right before him just setting up the shot. They were setting up the shot around me. And then I'll also be in the movie uh, in a background scene for a murder. And then... Oh, wow. Uh, I'll be his double during a quick part. I can't give away too much, but Ooh, I'll be it. in the movie twice, so it'll be cool. Uh, but the movie itself, uh, without giving too much away, yep. is about 
um, a retired Marine. He's down by the uh, Arizona border. Okay. And he uh, randomly becomes the aide of a Mexican fugitive who's, well, not a fugitive, but just a, a little Mexican boy whose parents uh, got killed by the cartel. Cartel wants the boy. Uh, Liam Neeson doesn't want him to die. So yeah. it's basically just a chase throughout the country to get away from these people and get the boy safe. So it's a it's an action thriller. Yep. Um, it should be out. I, I actually don't know when it's out because they don't have a release date yet. But I would imagine within the year, maybe a year and a half. Uh, but it's gonna be good. It's uh, you can. It's cool seeing it behind the scenes. For sure. Um, and, and instead of uh, I mean, it's it's so funny because you watch two minutes of a, a movie and that's how long it takes to like it takes a day to film two three minutes. Yeah. You're lucky if you get three minutes and you kind of appreciate it more and it's. You can also kind of tell behind the scenes how good a movie is going to be. Yeah. Um, that, that was kind of my first movie set, but um, some people that have been on other ones, they're like, yeah, sometimes you just really can't tell. But this one, you really can tell it's going to be a good movie. So look out for The Minute Man at some point next year. It'll be good. So so how were you just the tallest white guy in Cleveland was like Dylan Windler and Kevin Love not available? Like, like how, how did you? Yeah, uh, yeah, Kevin Love turned it down uh, and then Dylan Windler turned it down. So they turned to the third tallest white guy in Cleveland. Yeah, so I think um, the thing with Kevin Love, what I heard was Kevin Love thinks that he's good enough to be offer only and they wanted him, wanted him to still audition. So I think that's what happened. Oh, uh, you know what? That's what it was. Yeah. You know, he's just too full of himself yeah, ever he since is. he won that ring. You right. know, I just, no. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, you know, audition whatever, obviously. And, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not below that. That's fine. Fine yeah. by me. Got the job. So that's awesome. If you want to put that out there that I got over Kevin Love, you can do that. I, I That's going to be the headline for this. That's going to be the clickbait. I can do it. Yeah, it's fine. Let's get them ratings in. So you mentioned this was sort of your uh, first movie being on set. And this is, you know, this isn't a student film. Like, this is a Liam Neeson movie. You know, it it has Mm -hmm. backing. It's obviously very professional. Anything cool, anything that surprised you or stood out while you're on set with just, you know, what goes on, the process, anything that you can really, anything to really take us behind the scenes? Yeah, so I guess uh, just a a few things. Like I said before, how long it takes to set up a shot, how long it takes to film two, three minutes. You know, like I said, it takes a day. Like it's just the, the amount of work that goes in. These are like 12, 14 hour days. It is, you know, right. you get there at like 6.30 and you leave at like eight or nine. Like it, it's, these people work so hard and this is what they do for their careers. And it's, it's, it's really cool to watch. These people are hungry and they love doing it. Um, so that's really cool. Another thing, um, I guess just uh, the stunts and stuff and the process of setting that up because, yeah, you know, you have, you know, a lot of the actors don't do their own stunts. Some do some of their stunts and then you'll have stunt doubles and you got to have a guy that, you know, looks to be pretty much the exact same or right. is, is close enough. And, and these people are just incredible what they do. And, you know, it's it's it'll be like two, three minute scenes of stunts and these people just have it memorized. And That's crazy. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's so cool to watch. Um, and then a third thing uh, is, you know, you, Hollywood actors kind of get this rap that, you know, they're not great people. They're yeah. entitled. They're above you and stuff. Couldn't be less true for uh, Liam Neeson. He's, without being an actor, one of the nicest people I've ever met. Um, very generous. He came up to me the first time I met him. He said, hi, I'm Liam. I was like, dude, I, I know who you are. Like, you know, I you're Liam Neeson. Like, you don't have to tell me your right. name. Like, you know, I have to tell you my name. Yeah. Um, even with a name tag on, but, 
uh, he's just such a nice guy, very, very professional and stuff. And it was a lot of fun working with him. So, you know, I'm his biggest fan now, for sure. That's great. And be sure, and then it's at Sir Yacht on Twitter. So be sure to go check out. You have a couple cool pictures with Liam Neeson. Yeah. Be sure yeah, to go check uh, that out. He loves doing uh, the blue steel face from Zoolander. Like he would ask everybody <laughs> to do it. So I mean, so he, there's a couple of pictures and he's really good at it. He's a professional at that. So of course. He's just, yeah, he's hilarious. So speaking of acting and things like that, from following you on Twitter, um, is this something that you sort of aspire to do? I mean, you, you make all these videos, you do music videos, you do your rant videos. Um, I feel like it was around maybe a year ago, maybe a little bit longer. Weren't you out in L.A. for some sort of like acting or talent showcase? I was, yeah. Can, yeah. can you kind of speak on that? Because if I remember right, didn't you did very, very well. You know, what has been kind of the process and follow up? Since then, you know, who was the audience? What was that like? Yeah, so uh, first off, thanks for uh, remembering that. Uh, that's very nice of you. My uh, second, research. Yeah, so I went out there for uh, – I have a local agency here that I'm with out in, uh, in, in, in Akron, Ohio. And we uh, had this group that went out to Los Angeles. We trained for four or five months and prepared for this convention that they put on every year called the International Modeling and Talent Association Convention. Okay. There's It's biannual, so I'm sorry. It's twice a year, whatever that means. So, uh, it was, you know, in the winter it's in LA and the summer it's in New York. So I went out to Los Angeles and, uh, but there were six, six acting competitions I was in one for a commercial. There's a monologue, which is like a minute, right. just basically it's like, it's like a ram of mine just for a minute. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> there's, I was in a singing competition too. Um, so for the acting, I, between for my division there was it was which is 21 and older i got uh second place out of the whole group which is pretty cool um so i worked pretty hard for it and it was nice to kind of get those results um and then for the singing competition i didn't make it to the finals but i ended up and it was it was funny because it was uh these things called callbacks you get you know people agencies you know they're interested in you um it was with the agency that wasn't interested in me but they were they're basically just like, yeah, we're bored. We talk to everybody. Uh, let's just anybody who wants to come over, we'll talk to you. So Interesting. I came, I went over there and talked to these guys and showed them my music and stuff. And they're like, whoa, this is like, this is really good. I'm gonna be honest with you, I, I couldn't take you seriously with that Hawaiian shirt you wore <laughs> out there. It just didn't really fit. I'm like, yeah, I kind of wear those. Um, and they're like, well, yeah. So what we gotta, you know send us an email, send us some stuff and, you know, we'll follow up and stuff. And then about a month later, I released another song. I get a call from a person in Los Angeles. So I'm working with a couple music contacts right now and we'll see what happens from there. I actually just got uh, a message from one of them today. Um, just staying in contact, but we'll see. Um, but it was a really cool experience. Uh, and, you know, some good, cool, like acting things are coming out from it. So, uh, it's a process, so it's a grind. It doesn't just happen overnight as I'm uh, starting right. to figure out. Yeah. Um, but it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. That's great. I'm always interested. I, w- I want to hear your your take and thought on this. A lot of actors and actresses, you know, whether I've heard them on TV shows, interviews, podcasts, books, whatever it is, there's sort of a moment in their life when, you know, maybe they're watching someone on TV or, you know, in a movie or on stage and they see that happen and they're like, that'd be cool to try. Like, is that something I can do? Or I think I can do that. Was there ever something, a performance or a certain actor or actress where you saw them and was like, that'd be cool. I want to give this shot. I want to give this a shot. I want to do this. 
you know, I've, I've always kind of wanted to do something in the music or entertainment industry, and this is kind of embarrassing. But I guess the one TV show or whatever that wanted I wanted to do it because of was, I don't know if you ever heard of the show Victorious that's on Nickelodeon. Oh, with uh, Victoria but, uh, Justice, right? Yeah, oh, so yeah. They, they had that school Hollywood arts, and they just went there for acting, and I was like, man, that'd be really cool if like, that's all I did was something like yeah. that. Like I went to school for it or whatever. And I was like, wait, maybe I can. I don't know how, but I'm going to work on it. So yeah. it kind of just happened out of the blue. But, yeah, that's kind of the show. So you can I can, I can thank uh, the Victorious show. Maybe Drake and Josh, too. I don't know. But Victorious for that. Right. Yeah. So when you're when you're given a big speech for an award, you're up there on the stage and you thank Drake and Josh and Victorious. And then you're like, yep. all right, I got to run off the stage because Baker Mayfield's in the AFC championship. Go Browns. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's, I mean, you're kind of, actually, you know what? When they have those awards, it Sunday might be night, right? the Super Bowl. So oh, yeah. I might have to go watch the Super Bowl at that time. I don't know. That's yeah. right. Or, or, or they'll cut away from you for an acceptance speech and you're just like at a watch party, just losing your mind. Not even. Yeah. I just won some big time award. Yeah. But, you know, that, that is true. That's how that's, that's how important the the Browns are to me, as, as messed up as that sounds. You it's know, a priority. They're, not, they're very confusing. But, yeah. That, that is accurate. Yeah, that's that, that's really awesome. So speaking of Cleveland sports here, I want to talk about the Cavs real quick. I'm going to release this on Monday. So by the time people cool. hear this, the Cavs will have already opened up at Orlando. So I say we just recap the Cavs win here. You know, I think Garland, he obviously went for 18-5, and five, Sexton 22-4. and four. Love had a double-double. Um and then they open up at home with the Pacers on the 26th, and Jetty had his first triple-double. All of a sudden, the Cavs are 2-0. and Yeah, I mean, it's crazy how we like we just predicted that, and it's Monday now, and that's what happened. Yeah. So I, I, I agree with that. You know, but I, you know, I really – I don't think they're going to be amazing this year right. by any means. Um, you know, maybe we're talking like 10-11 seed, you know, whatever. There's, there's, there's too many young guys, and I don't think Kevin Love, you know, can lead a, a playoff basketball team has been proven in the past. But right. I love Darius Garland's game. He's kind of like – he kind of reminds me of uh, Damian Lillard a little bit. Yep. He just – it just his ability to shoot and, and create space from defenders, and it's just – and it's, it's just – it's unbelievable, and, and that's the only person I can really compare him to is Damian Lillard. He's just got that game, and I'm excited to see how him and and Colin Sexton pair together. You know, it's going to be some growing pains, that's for sure. Right. Um, but you know, they're 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 play some fun basketball. That's for, it's, it's going to be entertaining, no doubt. It's just I don't know how many uh, you know stats on win column they're going to put up, but you know, it's it's good year to get some guys to learn and, and get some chemistry and play together and then let's hit the draft next year and get some more talent and build from there yeah I, i'm totally with you and i really you know i don't think like you said i'm with you in the in the kevin love you know i don't think he can be the number one guy and even if it's a seven or eight seed i, I don't i don't see it but no I, I really i really do hope he stays healthy because when he did eventually make his way back last year before he kind of got another nagging injury and they shut him down i mean you just saw how him just being out there, how the floor spread, and it really did ease up, um, you know, gave more spacing to Sexton and Jetty. Those guys just seemed to be more comfortable mm-hmm. out there. So just for the sake of, of development and seeing some more entertaining basketball, I really hope he uh, he does stay healthy. I agree, too. And, you know, ever since he won that title in 2016, I think he's – I don't think he's, like, taken off or not gone 100%, but I think he's okay with not ever winning a championship again because I don't I – mean, I don't think they're going to do it here in the time that he's here. So, 
you know, it's yeah. I think he's fine with that. And he's if he does that, if he likes being here and enjoys playing basketball, then you know, good for him. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to root for him and love love to watch him. It cracks me up again and again to think after really ever since you know that that 2014-15 season got going, he was in nonstop trade blocks and trade rumors and all that kind of stuff. And here he is, the only one of the big three remaining. It's kind of funny yeah. to think about. He's like one of the only players from that championship that are still here too. Right. A- so absolutely. So yeah, and he just shut his mouth and he kept playing. So yeah, good, good, good for him. He's a he's a strong man and yeah, he's he, he's awesome. So mm-hmm. uh, you seem a little bit more optimistic than me. The over under set up at set up at twenty four and a half. I have the under. What do you think? I think the under too. Yeah. I just you know maybe maybe twenty five, but that's barely over. Right. Um. I I don't think. I mean, I nowhere close to the playoff team, but I don't, no. I don't think above 24. I'm fine with that, though. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, let's get let's go to the draft. Although the tank, it, it makes it hard to tank, so I don't yeah. even know if we we get a, a good pick, but I, I, I don't know. That's my answer, no. They need to tank with integrity, so they need to play hard and get beat at the buzzer. Right. Yeah, right. We need some good Yeah, that's, that's fine. I mean, I'll be sad, sure, but, you know. And, get over and it. The long term, you know, they're trying to win the long term game. They're playing chess, not checkers here. Let's get some picks. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Yacht, Sir Yacht, for uh, joining me. But, <laughs> um, be sure plug plug all your stuff, your Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all that stuff, where people can find you, so they can follow your videos and your tweets and your rants and all that good stuff. Well, first off, thank you very much for having me on. It was an absolute pleasure. Of and then course. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Yacht, and for those that are. Uh, Spelling challenge. That's S I R Y A C H T. Same thing on Instagram. Uh, if you search Suryat on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever else, uh, there's a good chance that I'll be on there. And I got some good stuff always going on. So feel free to check me out. And uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, real, real quick. Where did Suryat come from? What's the origin of that? I can't, I can't not have uh, have you answer that. Uh, so. I am, I don't know, since I live, you know, Cleveland's on Lake Erie and stuff. I, right. uh, you know, I've always loved water and stuff. And I wanted to make a name that reflected that, but I also wanted people, because I was in a band at the time, and I wanted people to know that I wasn't a band. I was a, a, a musical act. So I was thinking of th- like things, names to throw in, in front of that. Uh, so I was like, all right, yacht is, you know, that's a cool like water thing. And then, all right, how can I make it? So I'm a solo act and right. just thought of Sir and it kind of flowed. I made sure it flowed. I let it sit for a little bit and I was like, all right, I think I got a name here. Boom. And, and it's stuck ever since. It's, it's, it's ever good. since. I like it. Perfect. Well, thanks Thank again. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Okay. So hope you enjoyed that interview with Sir Yacht. Definitely go check out his stuff, guys, his videos, his rants, everything he does. It's great stuff. It is definitely worth the follow. And hey, how about that? Liam Neeson, right? The guy who's gone Hollywood who hasn't gone Hollywood yet still has a good head on his shoulders. So without further ado, let's get into my complaint of the week. (sighs) My complaint of the week, as always, presented to you by my therapist. Guys, I have to come clean. For the first time ever, my complaint of the week is me. I'm complaining about myself. My complaint of the week was going to be people who rush on to elevators. When they're when someone's waiting for an elevator and they rush on, when people are trying to get off, I just think it's the rudest, most annoying, just ignorant thing ever. But I am guilty of this. I I I always 
try to be conscious of what's going on and to be polite and courteous. I was raised better than this, but I made the ultimate mistake. I have sold out. I rushed onto an elevator, nearly bumped into someone. Didn't I didn't even make contact. And from an outside view, and this person, whoever I almost bumped into, has probably already forgotten about it, but not me. I've had many sleepless nights. I can't stand this stuff. I talk bad about these people, and now I'm one of them. I am a hypocrite. I can't stand myself. What this has done to me mentally is just been, it's like nothing I've ever gone through before. I just really can't stand it. It makes me sick, and you know, I have to be honest with you guys. You guys have to know what kind of person I am. Some of you have never met me. I'm just hiding behind this microphone. Just To a lot of you, I'm just a random voice. But I have to let you know I make mistakes too. Podcasters make mistakes. We're just like the rest of you. With I know what you're thinking. We aren't perfect. But yeah, I'm sorry, guys. So it feels good to get that off my chest at least. Hopefully you guys will forgive me. And that's my complaint of the week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed. If you did, please rate five stars, leave me a friendly review, and subscribe. Turn those notifications on. Episodes coming your way every single Monday and Friday now, like I said. Remember, guys, that Friday show with Uncle Micah, five NBA picks, five college football picks, five NFL picks, and Uncle Micah's sure thing, which is going to be a three-team parlay. All the gambling talk you need so you guys can win some money. Follow me on Twitter at JVOR3 and Instagram at JAVOR3. So that way I post the links when all of my stuff comes out so you won't ever miss it. Thanks again, guys. Talk to you guys on Friday.